the space of the room around it. He does not need to smile for me to know his teeth will be perfect and symmetrical and white. Under each eye hangs a faint dark circle. He has not been sleeping well, I am guessing, of course, but it looks to be more than just work fatigue. Perhaps a struggle outside of work has started to spill over into what must be an all-consuming drive for achievement, or perhaps it is nothing other than the tracks left on him from another successful merger. I cannot tell. Not yet. It is strange to see someone like him here, even if he is just accompanying the patient. I am an ER doctor in a small emergency room, in a small hospital, in a small town, in the middle of nowhere. I can't help but wonder how a man like him ends up in an ER out here so far from the city. He does not have the look of someone who has come to hunt or fish, and he is definitely no wheat farmer. But something has pulled him here from far away, something that could not wait. I look closer. The lines, curves, and circles of his face come together into an expression that is hard at first for me to read. I can sense he is a master at controlling what his face reveals. But my job is to read faces and bodies as well as he reads the stock market. In the curve of his mouth, I read frustration. In the angle of his brow, I read anger. In the tilt of his head, I read even a trace of fear. But there is something else, something he does not want anyone to see. He hides it so well after so much practice and time, I almost miss it. In fact, I am sure I would have missed it when I first started out, 41,422 patients ago. But that was then. There, like a single delicate fleeting strand woven through a cloth of steel, is a tenderness and a sadness. What it is doing inside a man like him, I cannot comprehend. I can see why he wants to, no, why he has to, hide it in his world. He works to obscure it in the glint of his eyes and the shine of what must be a string of brutal successes. But still, it is there. Now that I see it, I see it clearly. It has blindsided him like a flash flood in the spring, sweeping him off his feet and tossing him down a canyon from which he cannot escape. He is drowning in this maelstrom of sadness, and no amount of money, power, or rage against the universe can make it abate. An empty chair sits next to him. One chair over is a woman. She is slightly younger than the man. I cannot see her face. Her body is turned partially away from me. She is resting her elbows on her knees, looking at the screen of her phone. She cradles it lovingly, like a newborn. Marvelous red nails stand out against a white and gold iPhone. Her fingers are long and elegant, like those of a famous pianist or a brain surgeon. She taps and slides the icons on the screen with elegance, as if they are servants being sent to do her bidding. Her forearms are bare and hairless, but it is her biceps that stand out. They are small, solid, and precise, like an exclamation point stamped onto each upper arm. Biceps like that shout yoga, Pilates, personal trainers, green smoothies, and a lock on the bathroom door after big holiday meals. Long brown hair is pulled back into a ponytail that falls gracefully to the middle of her back. A small silver clasp, studded with diamonds, traps the hair behind her head, holding it in place. It outshimmers even the man's Rolex. She wears a light gold silk shirt. 
There is a cutout in the top back of it. I can just barely see her upper spine under the skin. Each vertebra makes a small bump in the arch of her lower neck, and each one is the exact same distance from the one above and below it. There are no outliers, no overly large or overly small bones. Each rise in her skin is exactly the same size and distance from the other. Before this moment, I did not realize bones in a back could be so flawless. The skin over the bones is a rich, deep tan. It glows from her vegan diet and vitamin regimen. As she taps her finger on the phone, little ripples appear in the muscles of her back. I cannot help but stare in awe of such royalty stopping in our humble town. She, too, is obviously nothing like me. On the floor by her feet sits a purse. Its handle is a bent half-circle of bamboo attached with gold and silver clasps to the bag below.